0: And welcome to... Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, and this is episode 34 of Entmoot, and I've got an excruciatingly good listen for you. So strap yourselves in, it's going to be a bumpy ride, because there's loads and loads of stuff to come. Uh, No tournaments this time, obviously, uh, for those in the UK anyway, for you lucky guys and gals out in Australia, and various other parts of the world, I know uh, tournaments are starting to happen, but they are still on the horizon horizon uh, here which is getting exciting so uh, lots of stuff about that to come but also lots of you have been in touch and at gmail.com that inbox inbox is absolutely stuffed to the gunnels uh, with people who've got in touch over the last uh, few weeks which is really nice because the last time uh, it was pretty empty so it's really nice uh, maybe you just took pity on me this time either way so much so many emails have been coming in there's another one there. Uh, so many have been coming in that genuinely I, I, I've thought, actually, I've got loads of stuff that I've got to get through. So I'm going to do a, a podcast about a couple of specific things. So uh, there's one exciting thing on the way, uh, which is we're going to be building an army and we're going to be asking a very special guest uh, to join us for that uh, that bit, uh, which you'll hear about uh, in a few minutes time. Um, and I'm going to be building an army which will be used in a tournament all very exciting. All will be revealed very, very soon. We're also going to have some uh, some Merkwood discussion later on in the podcast. Jason Mountain, uh, a, a very, very uh, uh, well, very adept. Um Legolas and uh, Thranduil and so on player um, has uh, has been uh, agreed to have a chat with me all about um, the the delights of Merkwood. This is based because someone got in touch with me um, in the emails and I believe if I'm not wrong it's Hamish. Uh, so hello to Hamish, um, Hamish Gentles got in touch all about um, all about uh, asking about Mirkwood essentially and how to do it, uh, how to make turn it into a, a, a super duper uh, aggressive army and, and successful all that sort of stuff and I've never once used a Mirkwood army so I thought you know what I'll get someone who has to talk about uh, that so we'll do that later on uh, and we also have lots of other exciting things because uh, for many of you who uh, have been listening in the past over the last year or so um, I, I've spoken about my tournament which was due in March last year. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's right. March 2020 was the big, uh, uh, big. No, it wasn't. Sorry, it was October 2020. What am I talking about? Um, but I released uh, details of it in March because I wanted everyone to have something to look forward to. But sadly, it didn't happen but it's now finally just around the corner uh, in July so only a couple of months away so I I will be delving into the archives and we'll have a bit of a a taster of what that was like back in the days when we could actually do things so um, and we'll be hearing a little bit more detail about the tournament this year and also a bit about the exciting little sort of bits and bobs that make it that little bit special or I like to think so anyway so all that coming up on the podcast so let's get started and let's Build an army.
1: Ask, ya, build me an army worthy of
0: so as I mentioned, we're building an army this time, and I'm going to have to enlist the help of someone else and uh, I I think we've had, it's fair to say a fair few of the Green Dragon um, stars on the podcast before Um, of course uh, Kylie and Matt, they were in England for Ardicon a while back for the Ardicon coverage, Uh, Jeremy from the Green Dragon has also spoken to me a couple of times uh, and also I believe some of the other people um, who have been on the Green Dragon podcast have also been on this uh, in my kind of tournament roundup list which was to do with Minimize which was the Australian tournament not so long ago uh, we had uh, Jacob Lucas as well and people from Conquest Creations so lots of different people um, from the uh, from down under um, but i've been set a challenge so i welcome to the podcast kylie from the green dragon hello hello harry long time no here it's been a while hasn't it and um, thank you very much for coming along um, so, so Kylie, this is you're going to have to explain some of this to me because this is something that you've been building. That I've decided, right? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna sort this out, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna join in and help you out. And that your 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 project, I suppose. And just explain a bit yeah. about exactly what you're doing and um,
1: and why you've got me involved. I guess. Well, what I've been doing lately. So it started off as a hairband, crazy idea on the way back from a tournament. Um, like kind of. Not last year, but like the year before. Before 2020 happened. And someone said to me, wouldn't it be funny if we got the internet to write your list? And I, I, I kind of like giggled it off and laughed a bit. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny? And then we kind of rolled in towards the end of uh, last year. And one of my friends, David, uh, who we did talk about uh, with his tournament, Minimize. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, running his little thing. And at the end of it, we, we, we joked around with this concept of little more. And then we went, yeah, why don't we? So... I decided to throw up this like poll on our Australia community page of getting players to basically write a list in this big mega thread. And then the list that got the most likes would be the list I took to the tournament that was coming up. A little 500 point um, tournament that uh, one of my friends, Tim, was running. So I did that, it was a lot of fun, uh, was using models and compositions and warband compositions that I have never really toyed around with or really experienced, and I went, this is a pretty cool way of designing lists and ch- will challenge me to uh, play armies that I wouldn't A, normally play, and play models and compositions of armies that I am not normally familiar with. So I thought, well, the internet idea didn't work out too, too great, that... I would have hoped I would have liked something a little bit more competitive, but the idea of getting community members to write lists and me go out and play them for uh, play them in various tournaments that we have come up really intrigued me. So I mean yeah basically going around to different community members and going, "Hey, I've got this big tournament coming up. You want to write my list and see how we go?" And yeah, it's been a, been a blast so far.
0: Fantastic. yeah, I, I like the idea that, that people have already been trying to sabotage your your gaming by, uh, by going, "I oh, know let let's give you something terrible to play with.
1: Yeah, it's it was. it been really interesting, because the first one I did was the Stormcaller list. So I was forced to run three Stormcallers, Caliborn, Harder, and, like, a bunch of extra little Smeggy stuff. Um, some, like, Galadrim Court a Sentinel or two. And what really surprised me about it was, yes, the Sabotage did work. I ended up placing, like, 11th out of twentieth 20 players at this tournament, but... When I was playing the, the the actual games, I was forced to like make really like think way outside the box in terms of how I was gonna play the list. And I'll tell you what, if Stormcallers actually managed to still cast their spells on a two plus, or they had the extra range on then on their pushback, they'd be totally worth the 60 point investment that you have to pay to get them. And that was what really surprised me was some of these uh quote-unquote garbage picks are maybe not actually as garbage as we think they are, or maybe not as bad as we think they are.
0: I like it. We're trying to reclaim those models that everyone has dismissed from the meta. I love this idea. Um, And that is exactly what you've challenged me to do. I kind of come up with a list for your next tournament, which is sometime in May. And uh, I guess go wild. And you haven't given me any restrictions of any kind. And so I'm hoping you'll have at least some of these models available to you or or to the community. I'm sure you will. Um, so do you want me to just well, go yes. ahead and...
1: I have, I have a good... F- yeah, yeah. I have a good friend called Jeremy who has the entirety of the... Of the Lord of the Rings collection in his garage, so if I'm really struggling to get a hold of a model, I can probably ask Jeremy for a quick borrow. I'm
0: sure you could. Okay, well, with that in mind, uh, shall I get get stuck into this 750 points
1: list that I've got for you? Oh, please! I am. I have been waiting all day for this. <laughs>
0: exciting right What I'm going to to drop it into the chat as well so you can have a look at it but I want to unveil everything uh, live uh, as we speak so you've got something to build up to so I'm going to start off with telling you uh, the first hero and I suppose uh, the leader of the list, although there is a bit of a choice involved. So we'll, more on yeah. that later. Uh, first of all, we're going to start with... Whoop, I've just dropped my army book. Uh, we're going to start with Amda on horse, armoured horse. Uh, so 145 points. So you can already say there's going to be some Easterlings involved in this list. So uh, Amda with yeah. the, the armoured horse, 145 points. He's he's great. He's got that banner. He's got all the all the stuff going on, uh, the built-in banner just for the Easterlings. Um the the thing that where he gets knocked over and he can jump back up again loads and loads of cool things blood and glory it's great uh, he's going to be accompanied by uh nine easterlings with shield so just plain shield no pikes or anything like that four black dragon uh, easterling warriors with shield so they're the ones with the uh, courage and um fight value buff um and get this two dragon cult acolytes that's right we're going to throw you some new stuff. So I, I hope you've got your Forge wheel pocket ready because uh, there's going to be some dragon cults in there. Well, I'm sure you can find some properties or something if you can't get them I will... In time.
1: Yes, I will pro- may have to do some conversions, but I'm probably going to be jumping on that Fortua to spot tonight, and depending on how many you've thrown me, it looks like I'll be placing an order.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, so uh, two Dragon call Acolytes. So they're, they're and, and actually, they're the same price as the um, Black Dragons with Pike and Shield, 11 points each. So, interesting. And they've got the two attacks, the fight for, all those sorts of things. Right, uh, so that's a full warband with Amda. The next uh, warband I'm going to give to you is a Dragon Knight. We love a Dragon Knight. 80 points uh, with a with horse, uh, the armored horse so uh, another big threat there another killing uh killing hero with a couple of points of might and with him uh, of course it has to be black dragons of some sort i'm going to go with some black dragon cataphracts so we've got three black dragon cataphracts um and one black dragon cataphract with a war drum so uh four uh, cav in total with the dragon knight so you know you've got enough for that Uh, glimmering horde, they get the extra defence buff on the horses, and someone to uh, accompany uh, Amda. So, so far, looking okay. Hopefully this is not too uncompetitive for you. Um, Then, you are going to wait for the, the the end is the best bit, and then we've got a war priest. Okay, all right, we've got a normal war priest. This is an Easterling war priest. We've got five black dragons uh, with pike and shield with him. Uh, we've got three Easterlings with pike and shield as well. So uh, buffing up those numbers, looking okay. Uh, then we've got one more dragon cult acolyte. So that's one full pack of uh, of forge world uh, dragon cult acolytes or uh, whatever you can find. And then for a bit of spice for your seven hundred and fifty points list. I thought, you know what? I don't hear about this very often on uh, the Green Dragon podcast. I don't hear about it in the uh, sort of Australian community in general. I thought, I'm going to throw you a Candish King in Chariot for 125 points to ally in there. And with him, a Chariot. A Charioteer. So, you've got 750 points. You've got 33 models. Not great. But you've got three pretty big hitters and you've got a war priest who can buff them up with his uh, blade wrath um, and you've got one bow on the uh, candish king and of course marches and things like that on the candish king as well so um in summary i think personally chariots they're not bigged up enough i think they can be really awesome really mean they could be good tanks uh taking out lines and also they move fast um you've got the the acolytes which will be really interesting to see uh your, your because. A lot of people not so great, not so happy with them. But there's that triple threat here as well with the chariot, the amdo, and the dragon knight. We've got some fury if you need it for the courage. Um, we've got the blade wrath from the war priest as well for the hitting power, which I know Easterlings often struggle against. Um, mm. And you've got numbers relatively low. I mean, 33 at 750 is not great, but you've got decent defense and you've got some big hitters. So I like to think that this is um, this is a strongish ish list. I mean. What do you think? What are your instant
1: I mean, reactions to this? I mean, it, sounds, it it's definitely got potential. its It's got all the right check marks. It's got a really nice bruiser hero in Amdur. Mm-hmm. Check. Uh, it's got Fury uh, Courage Bypass in the uh, War Priest. Yeah. Check. Uh, we have uh, a secondary threat in the Dragonite. Well, really, three yeah, the triple uh, threats. Threat. Because we also have a, a char- chariot in there. And I'm also very happy that you threw the chariot in there because... I do have a massive Khandish army that I don't nearly get to pull out enough. Oh, cool. So I'm very excited I get to pull out my uh, Khandish King. Hey, I might even pull out my Khandish queen conversion. Oh, uh-huh. that sounds that amazing. I have, have converted, but we'll see how we go with the painting and stuff. But Eastlings is something that I have always wanted to paint up and put together. And you've given me a really good excuse to paint them up and put them together. So uh, I think this list has potential.
0: It definitely has potential. It's exciting. I mean, so so generally, I mean, I've heard a lot of negative stuff about these dragon cult acolytes, and obviously they've got the low defence and. Um, but they do have a bit of extra spice that, that perhaps the Easting Easterling list is missing, and I feel like this is a fun Easterling list. There's lots to there's lots to think about here. There's lots to do. Um, you know, we've got the we've got the knights, we've got the war drum, we've got the chariots, we've got the acolyte. There's just loads of things uh, that you can play with, and I feel like someone with your expertise, your your prowess at the game, should be able to juggle these things just about right to make sure that this this is actually a winning list, even though you know. 750, it's very low points, and you know, a, a big shooty armies like your corsairs or your uh, elves with the high strength uh, bows, those sorts of things might be a real, real pain in the backside. But
1: there's, there's plenty of evidence. I don't actually there. think that, I don't think there will be. No, I actually don't think that the the, the gunline archery is going to be a problem because you've given me the best answer to gunline line archery, and that's a wardron plus march. Mm. But correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the Candish King has March.
0: He does, yeah, that's absolutely right. I've just, just so you know, I've popped it in our little planning uh, chat group so you can have yes. a look in, in more yes, detail. I'm, I'm... But yeah, the, the, the Candish ch- uh, King in ch- uh, Chariot is, has got two points of uh, might with a March. He's got two points of will and a fate. Um, and for people who don't know the rules about him, he's got a Defense 7 Chariot with three wounds, that, and you can only hit the man on top, or the, the queen on top, if, if you're using that conversion, um, on a 5 plus. So he's pretty tough to, to do some damage. To. But I mean, you've only got eight might in the army, but you do have um, the blood and glory from the dragon knight and the amder. So if you kill heroes, you get yeah. your points back. So, uh,
1: you know, I think there's potential. Yeah, there's there's definitely potential. The only thing I think I'm a little bit disappointed about is oh. the, the lack of honesty bows. I would like oh. I would like just even just an extra three Easterling warriors with bow uh, just just to kind of say, hey, Aragorn. You can't just, you know, chill out the front of your army. you got to sit back behind your own friends. Or, Gothmog, I see you there. Can you please sit behind that rock, please? And, and just stay an extra five-inch back? But, um, look, this is what you've given me. I don't have any bows, and yeah. I'm going to have to figure out a way of playing around that. But I'm very interested to see how they go. Particularly the Dragon Call Acolytes, which, uh... I Look, I've, I've heard the bad rap that they've got, um, particularly with their low defense. I actually, yeah, I think it's it's fundamentally they're not being leveraged correctly, because I see a two-attack right. model with throwing weapons and jump test shenanigans, and I look <laughs> at I look at game winners uh, in that. I think three might not be enough, but I'm gonna get the most out of those three models you ever did see. Yeah,
0: well, that that's the thing, and uh, I think there is potential with those guys, and yeah, I, th- I think. I've bought nine, um, but I, I think uh, you probably won't be wanting nine all the time. Um, maybe two or three is fine. And I think a box of these guys—they um, just add a bit of spice to the army. You've got the, you've got the courage, you've got the attacks, you've got the defense. Um, yeah, they're not strength four, and I don't think anyone. Uh, I think lots of people were disappointed about the lack of strength four, but. I think they're, they're, they're cool, and you do have one honesty bow, and that's the Candish King, so you do have a bow with might behind it, so that's something, I know you're not, I know that's not amazing, mm. but, and also, I haven't specified whether the chariteer uh, keeps the bow, uh, or, sorry, keeps the axe, or or gets uh, gets the bow, so you can totally go for whichever one you want, so you could have two bows max, Um
1: I would definitely be taking that second row. You have have no that. Okay, see, about I was
0: that. thinking, you know, if you <laughs> might, if you want the axe, you can piercing strike, and then you have got a strength four chariot, which is not so bad. But um, either way, uh, I, I'm I really enjoyed building this list actually because it's nice to know that I don't have to de- use it and and potentially have all the fun the fun, <laughs> fun and shenanigans involved. But I do genuinely think there's there's some there's some decent stuff behind this i mean I, I wasn't trying to do something bad for you i wanted to i wanted to give you something interesting and uh, that i haven't heard before and i haven't heard much like oh this.
1: you've you've definitely given me something interesting to work with uh i am i'm actually i'm really looking forward to playing this list like more so than some of the other lists um that i have uh, kind of coming my way at the moment for some other tournaments and stuff but I have a massive block of Easterlings that I've been dying to paint up, so this is a great excuse for me. I've got about a month or so uh, to get this uh, army put together, up on the table, ready to go. So, hopefully the Black Dragon, uh, the, the Dragon Colts get there in time, but... Yeah, I look forward to getting you on the Green Dragon and kind of breaking down how this army goes because I reckon this, I mean, potentially. I reckon this some shenanigans. Of
0: uh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, catch up uh, again on the Green Dragon podcast at some point after the tournament, which you said
1: was happening in May. Do you know the exact date in May so we can get a vague idea? Yes. So the tournament, uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug on behalf of uh, my good friend Jacob, do it. who runs the Conquest Creations. Uh, YouTube channel uh, yeah. website YouTube channel Asaf so the tournament is on the 22nd of May and the 23rd of May it's a two dayer Excellent uh so six rounds uh between those two days so yeah we'll guess we'll we'll find out how it goes there it's going to be an all day kind of thing so I imagine we'll be catching up to do the episode probably uh, earlier early uh within that week. So either the next, before the next end of the next weekend.
0: Fingers so. crossed we'll have it all by the end yes. of May. So there you go. Um, if you want to hear how that army list goes down, uh, check out the Green Dragon podcast at the end of May uh, or maybe a little, maybe early June or something like that. But either way, Kylie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you again and hopefully you take these Easterlings to glory. That's the plan. Kylie from the Green Dragon podcast, there. Uh, great listen, always. Uh, I'm sure you've already listened to the Green Dragon. If I'm completely honest, if you're listening to me, you probably also subscribe to the Green Dragon. But either way, very excited. Hopefully, I'll be able to get back on the Green Dragon uh, so we can talk about the the results of that tournament later on in the year. So uh, keep an eye out. Uh, keep an eye out for any posts on social media and uh, and on your iTunes feed or Podbean or whatever it is that you listen to your podcast on. Because hopefully, I'll appear on that later on in the year and we'll uh, we'll talk through how Kylie gets on with that Easterling list now so we've done some army building before we go on an adventure i think it's about time we solve some riddles riddles in the dark I Yes, that's right. This is the time in the podcast where basically I delve into the email inbox, uh, which is absolutely overflowing uh, this episode because of the, the number of people getting in touch about uh, The Riddle in the Dark. So uh, this is the audio clip you heard in the last episode, and you have to tell me who speaks next and what they say. One more time, just so you can have a think, because we've got a lot of emails to listen to. One more time, uh, and have a listen and see if you can think you can rem- see if you think you can remember who speaks next and what they say. Right, there you go. So that's the riddle in the dark from the previous episode, so episode thirty-three. And. Um, Now, we've got an awful lot of emails. Now, so what happens, usually in this part of the podcast, I have a couple of emails uh, who've guessed at the riddle and they might have a couple of comments or I might just have a couple of comments. This time, literally, just dozens, dozens of emails. I don't know what happened, whether it was just um, my uh, impassioned plea in the previous podcast... I genuinely don't know, but I had loads of messages, uh, people got in touch with me on um, uh, Facebook as well, um, so loads and loads of stuff, but I think it was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 emails uh, and messages um, coming in about the last riddle in the dark, so thank you very much for everyone who got in touch. Now let's delve in, because we've got lots to lots to get through, so... First of all, let's uh, let's get delve into some of the comments from last uh, episodes, uh, sort of topics that we're discussing. And um, so let's d- dive straight into Cameron Cochran, who's emailed. He's got a few things he's talking about, and we'll deal with the riddle in the dark much later on. I've had to sift out the riddle in the dark content because otherwise we'll just get completely lost, won't we? So uh, let's let's start here with Cameron Cochrane. So hello, Cameron. He says hello there, Harry. How are we doing? I hope everything is well and good at Entmoot HQ. I'm a long time listener, but a first time emailer, and I'm a new Patreon member. I can only apologise that I've never done it before. I will catch up on a few things that you've asked over the last few episodes as I've only just caught up on them all after lockdown on my daily commute of course yeah that's probably true people have been saving the podcasts uh for the daily commute okay so uh you mentioned new year's resolutions wow you really have been catching up but it's may and you're talking about new year's resolutions uh all right cameron that's fine uh so you have a few uh so apologies but i'll try and make them as short as i know i'll ramble uh you want to complete the warhammer community's hobby bingo and i'm getting on well with it uh you did attach a photo which was Awesome. Uh, let me just describe the photo um, like, so that I can uh, help you uh, help everyone picture what is happening. But I've lost the email. Where is it? I've copied and pasted it all into a document so I don't get lost. And then I've gone and done that and I've got lost. Well, either way, uh, Cameron, it's oh, there. It is. It's down as Mister Cochran for some reason. Uh, let's just describe your uh, your mess your, your pictures okay no you didn't attach any images all right okay well, that was a waste of uh, a few seconds sorry about that right anyway so you attached an image um uh, of your hobby progress well i'm hoping it's going well uh number two you said you'd like to take part in your very first mesbg tournament hopefully with my far harad army now uh you can you can come along to my one why not i mean maybe you're in a different country or something but i don't think so i feel like i recognize your name cameron maybe we've met i don't know anyway uh cameron why don't you come down um uh, to Lord of the Imps in July. More on that later on in the podcast. And number three, it uh, says I would like to reach 1,000 followers, 250 posts, and be featured on Games Workshop's website for one of my SBG models by the end of 2021. My Instagram is paints on a 4 I follow you. I follow you Cameron, uh, definitely um, so Paints on a 4-Up, absolutely well worth checking out, um, in fact I'll just have a quick glance at Paints on a 4-Up because they've got some, ama- uh, he's got some amazing stuff, the latest thing on there is Barrels out of Bond, uh, amazing, so we've got Barlin being painted, you've got um, oh, loads of different versions of the uh, the, the Thorin's company there, so uh, really cool, really cool, um, check that out Paints on a 4-Up, uh, Berlin, Germany so you're in Germany, so it's not impossible for you to come to Toronto anyway, profiles representation, now this was last episode. Uh, you may remember we had Damien from uh, Streams in Middle Earth. We had Nathan on and uh, Jeremy from the Green Dragon all on um, talking about uh, whether profiles fit... Um, or don't, uh, the kind of the lore of the rings um, he says, I've not got anything really to add here I'm fairly new to actually playing MESBG but I'm loving the profiles that were mentioned oh ok great, well that's good um, hobby project you say, with the release, recent release of the new Ents your podcast and all of my love for MESBG, I've started an Ent army, I think you're not the only one there, I managed to grab Treebeard Quickbeam, a plastic Ent and I had a metal Ent already, so I'm waiting on Beachbone to come out to finish off the army and I'll probably grab another plastic Ent too the good thing is, I also grabbed the Fangorn dice as well. The better thing, though, is that as, as I've subscribed to your Patreon, I feel the more things I can have, the better. I can't wait to get the dice and T-shirt and, of course, continue to support you. Um, I hope everything is good and I hope to speak to you soon. Keep up the good work. Yours in gaming, Cameron. Well, that's very kind of you. And I can't wait to send out those uh, the first shirts, Um, basically, um, I, basically, after three months of being a patron at a certain tier, uh, I'm sending out some Entmoot t-shirts uh, and, of course, dice as well for uh, for other people as well. So lots of lots of cool swag if you head over to patreon.com slash battlegamesinmiddleearth. Uh, right, next email. Thanks very much, Cameron, for the email. Um, Simon Wattie says, I hope you don't mind me messaging you. Now, I think you messaged me direct on Facebook, but uh, th- uh, you're welcome to do that. I would prefer stuff uh, direct to the emails, but everyone is free to um, if it's about the podcast specifically specifically, um, but I'm, I'm I- you know, I don't mind you reaching out on Facebook. Uh, more than more than happy to chat. Uh, you say, uh, don't hope you don't mind me messaging you. Been listening to your podcast; it's awesome and has really made me want to play in a tournament. Been playing at home for a couple of years with my brother. I live in Lincolnshire and i have just finished listening to your podcast where you talk about events in this area. I'll be very interested in playing in my first tournament if there are any this uh, if there are any this end when they uh, when the world gets back to normal. Thanks again for the almost pod, aw- awesome podcast. And I believe Simon Wattie is one of the. Uh, the many people who will be coming to Lord of the Imps in July so Simon uh, if you're listening hopefully we'll be able to see each other in in July which is a very exciting prospect Um, the first week of July is my tournament um, and I believe uh, you'll be on that list Uh, or if you're not then absolutely come on down because uh, it's going to be really cool I can't wait Um, more again on that uh, later on in the podcast I believe you're on the list so awesome Uh, right well there we go that's awesome news and thank you very much for getting in touch I'm glad, glad to know that there's other people out there in Lincolnshire who are playing toy soldiers right uh, next uh, James Patterson's been in touch now he is more focused on the profiles uh, part of the discussion in last uh, uh, last podcast and um, he says, I think the Barragon profile is the most interesting just because of how important he is in the book. Without being a great expert, it seems that he does have a place in an army by leading a couple of friends who can sit in an objective and shoot while giving out free standfast because of bodyguard. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, definitely Baragon has a has a great profile for sort of um, a utility in the army. But I think um, Nathan, uh, who we had spoke to on the podcast last time, and I agreed, um, and I both think his his sort of role in the books feels a lot more important than someone who sits back and shoots, shoots at stuff. Um, you know, he's he's got some cool things. Um, he says, in to, uh, "Sorry, uh, as James says, in terms of fixing him, I think adding a loyal to the captain's rule, like the Ostgallia veteran, but only affecting Faramir, would help." Um, also some sort of synergy with Pippin would be very themed and I mean that Pippin has and and also mean that Pippin would have a place in an army as well I think someone like Sam uh, something like the Sam slash Deowine rule would be good where he gets a free heroic combat to then go and help Beragond in a fight yeah I really like that idea um, I, I actually think the, the loyalty to the captain's rule like um, for Faramir giving him plus one fight value uh, near Faramir would be cool and a, a, a combat synergy with uh, Pippin would be ace as well Suddenly, uh, Beragond is more useful in the main line with Farage You can have him and a Pippin holding objectives and maybe being sneaky with Pippin's placement and heroic combat to move some friends around as well. I don't know what you think about that, uh, uh, James says. But I personally like him... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, bumping him up by five points would mean that he would... Would... Would mean that he would... M- would mean that he wouldn't be broken. Sorry, there's a, a duplication there. Uh, it would mean that he wouldn't be broken. I personally like him being a buffed warrior profile because I don't think he was a captain, just a guy who performed heroic deeds when needed. Very cool episode, says James Patterson. Thank you very much, James. I agree, there's some really cool ideas there. Um, wishlisting, of course. I just think he he probably deserves something a bit cooler than just a bumped-up profile. I mean, yeah. And, and also, it would make Pippin much more useful. So... I totally agree uh, with some of those ideas. I wish they were—they um, gave them some cool stuff, but I don't think we're going to get any buffed up uh, Gondor stuff for a good long while yet because um, it's been done quite well already in the Gondor at War stuff. All right, next email. Next email. See, loads. I told you there's loads. Evan as- I'm I'm really, really sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Hi, Evan. Thanks very much for getting in touch. You wanted to continue the discussion about profiles as well says, Hi, Harry. Uh, I just finished listening to Entmoot33. Great episode. Thank you. Please don't stop posting Riddles in the Dark. They're a fun addition to your podcast experience. I think the fans, including myself, just need to step it up and send in our responses. I know most of them, so I have no excuse. Brace the gates, he says. And then doesn't actually include a guess uh, to the previous one, <laughs> which I love. Um, but either way, Evan, thank you very much for your feedback. I will keep including them. Um right he says after listening to your main segment though I'm wondering what profile you think is the most representative of their characters so we discussed some that were uh, not so great and some that were pretty good um, I think I had some guesses at the end of um, the last podcast um, Damien asked me something similar about uh, which profiles I like or, or don't like and um, Evan says, "Minor Boromir of Gondor, Ugluk and Imrahil, among others." I I don't know what I said at the end of the last podcast, so um, maybe I'm just throwing another one out here. But Theoden's a great example, I think, of a profile that is very representative of their character, and it's very simple. He's not a big fighter in the film. He's an oldish uh, guy. Um you know, but he does lead um, everyone to victory, and he, he really encourages uh, everyone around him to charge, and gets them all G'd up, all that sort of stuff, and there's some really cool stuff with the interaction with Grimmer as well, I think those, uh, I think Theoden's just a really, really well done profile, because he can be, a, a, you know, a good troop killer if he needs to be, and he can really try and take on the big boys like, you know, the Witch King or whatever, but he, he's not really good enough to do uh, the serious damage, so I think he he absolutely perfectly matches exactly what happens uh, in the uh, in the original story. So there you go. Uh, that's my one for the moment. I don't know whether that matches up with what I said at the end of the uh, podcast last time. But anyway, listen back. Uh, I think I do go into some detail. Um, Evan continues. I'm not including any hobbits because they're all represented with taste and accuracy. Can't say a bad thing about any of them. There you go. Thumbs down though to Gollum. I think his stats are all wrong. Fight four, strength four, attack two is way too heavy handed. That's interesting. Now, I, I really do think that's interesting. He says my podcast crew did an episode back in the summer about this because we weren't happy with him or Shelob. Too heavy-handed. Not enough special rules. Anyways, I'm curious to know your opinion. Uh, best Evan uh, as Cui from the There and Back Again podcast. I am. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, I, you know, I've 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 I, in my sins I did know that this existed. This podcast. I haven't tried it yet, Evan. I will I will promise to have a listen to your podcast, especially because this discussion about Gollum and uh, She sounds really intriguing. I know there's some lots of great podcasts uh, kicking about now. Um, there was a period of time where I don't think there were very many at all. And then in the last year or two, they've all sort of sprung up, which is amazing, and there's just so many to catch up on now. So, uh, Evan, thank you very much for that message. Uh, thumbs down to Gollum. Um, I don't know. I think he's all right. Um, I, I'm, I think strength four, he is, he's unnaturally strong... Um I don't I don't think he is he stronger than a human like a you know would he be say in a fight against Aragorn would he would he be as strong maybe yeah I kind of think so I mean it'd be about the same strength I'm, I'm trying to think I, I I know there's not a lot of sort of um canon material about the um the trek to find Gollum but I feel like maybe he he's he's good enough to Sort of give a, a you know a strength sort of wiggle out of the room. He's certainly stronger than Frodo and Sam, and they're both strength two, So yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I'm I'm not so bothered about strength four. I think he needs to have some kind of killing power to sort of represent how his he's sort of sneaky and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's not ideal. Strength four isn't ideal, but yeah, I think that's probably the best way. Fight four is probably about right. I reckon two attacks again, probably about right for me. um i guess it'd be nice to have something of to represent his sneakiness but i suppose he's got the ring and that even though he doesn't always have the ring in the book the having the ring in most games most matchups means he does have that element of slipperiness and um, so i'm i'm not against it but i i can sort of see where you may be coming from that he could do with some cool special rules to reflect um you know him uh maybe his duality that would be quite nice to i'd like to have some rule that represents that really nicely anyway uh, and uh, Shelob um, I I think is pretty good I mean Shelob's pretty good as she is for 90 points I mean fight 7 one attack rerolling wounds monstrous charge uh, covers terrain flies over terrain is impossible to kill basically so many wounds and the, the, all the will I, I mean even, and now in the, the legendary legion with an extra attack at three attacks on the charge at strength, what is it? Strength seven with fight seven and rerolling all your wounds. I mean, come on, what 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 more do you want really? I mean, I I I, I honestly, and I think the. Um, the running away thing is, is perfect, I love that, because it's so unlikely to happen generally, but it it would it will happen if you're not careful, which I really like about. Like I like that if you've done enough wounds, you've chopped one leg off, chopped another leg off. Uh, like in the game, I remember in the game, um, the Return of the King game, um, you know, you, you chopped Shelob's legs off and and she kind of scurried about and ran at you and all that sort of stuff. Um, I really like it. I'm 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 quite happy with those profiles. So I, Evan I think you know what it'd be really interesting to get the debate uh, in real life actually because uh, I clearly disagree with both of your assessments but maybe I'll have to listen to the podcast to get the the um the detail, right? Uh, next email because we've still got more to go through. Uh, so Michael Haskell's been in touch. Michael, uh, nice to hear from you again. Uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, see you go, uh, you again and have a good have a good game and a and a natter over a pint or whatever at a tournament. It's um, been a while, and hopefully we'll be able to team up again uh, at some point um, in doubles. Uh, you, you may remember Michael's uh, been my doubles partner a couple of times in the past. So uh, Michael says enjoyed this recent Entmoot podcast. Um, I read the discussion around Legolas's deadly shot. Um, uh, Legolas's Deadly Shot better fitting his p- t- portrayal in the film I wondered if the one-shot element could only apply for shooting into combats Okay, could introduce a risk-slash-reward flavour, i.e. if Legolas's one-shot kills outright the enemy model, so where there was only one enemy combatant or a multi, uh, multi-wound multi uh, one with one wound left, then if the friendly model was a hero they could at the start of the fight phase declare a free heroic combat okay, that's an interesting one so let's let's picture this. Let's just sort of um, get ourselves uh, uh, to follow this properly. So if say I don't know Gimli charges uh, an urukai. Uh, Gimli is is it's not in the uh, uh, heroic phase yet. Legolas shoots the urukai out to save him. Um, then Gimli can uh, Gimli can then declare a free heroic come out at the start of the next phase. Or I suppose even better. I I actually think. Uh, an enemy model. So yeah, I, I, I think if Gimli takes on say two or three people, and then Legolas shoots one of them out, that would be that would be really good, wouldn't it? And then then Gimli could declare a free heroic combat because now he's been helped slightly by Legolas. He can he can he gets his sort of Arr! and charges on and carries on. I I think that could that could be quite a cool way of um solving uh, solving the uh, the one shot stuff, uh, which Damien really didn't like. Um, in the previous podcast so episode 33 go back and listen if you missed it uh, so let's continue what Michael says but if Legolas's one shot did not result in a wound to the enemy combatant or any one if there were more than one in the combat the friendly model would suffer a minus one to their fight value in the subsequent combat oh yeah I like this that extra bit so this would cover situations where your opponent might drip feed individual models to your heroes but also leave the chance that the friendly model was distracted by friendly fire going astray yeah that makes sense having said that in the Fellowship of the Ring book Legolas did one shot a Felbees from a distance anyway just a thought Okay, Michael, I love that absolute burn at the end for Damien. Yeah, it's like uh, actually I think you'll find that in the book he does one shot <laughs> Felbies. I don't know whether Felbeast dies, um, but he definitely he definitely does shoot one and it flies off, doesn't it? Um something like that. Either way, that's really cool. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Michael. Uh, food for thought there. Uh, get your comments if you think uh, the profiles, let's keep this discussion going over the weeks, uh, what do you think Is uh, are those profiles good um, or not, uh, and have you got any other suggestions for gaming profiles from the game that really work or don't work, um, get in touch entmootpodcast at gmail.com Uh, Next email from Callum Moorsman, uh, also on Profiles. He says, hi, Harry. Just wanted to say a huge thank you, as it was your podcast that got me back into MESBG after 16 years. Wow. At the start of lockdown last year, it's given me a huge boost over these difficult times and the MESBG community is truly the greatest. I totally agree, Callum. There's so many lovely people out there. And this is during lockdown times. Imagine what it's like when you get to meet them in person. It's amazing. Uh, He says, Callum continues, he says, "Loved, loved episode 33 and enjoyed hearing everyone's views on the different character profiles my personal favorite is the king of the dead and all of the warriors of the dead as well really as their blaze of the dead rule is so thematic to the books and films as armor means nothing to their spectral blades keep up the fantastic content i hope to one uh hope to one day get a game against you when it's safe to do so cheers callum i totally agree i'd love to meet you in uh, uh roll dice uh, together it'd be brilliant um, it'd be great fun um Callum, I agree. Uh, King of the Dead, Warriors of Dead. I love it. And um, someone uh, moaned about this on one of the Facebook groups not so long ago. Um, perhaps when you're listening, it could have been months. Who knows? They they were sort of saying, "Oh, I don't don't think it really represents the the uh, the sort of the way they cut through people so quickly." And they were a bit moaning about it. And I actually think I kind of agree with you, Callum. Um, I think the King of the Dead and the army of the dead are fantastic uh, ways of representing the, the you know courage you have to kind of have them attack something don't you you can't and the fact that they sweep straight through a mummock and perhaps not through, you know, big heroes and stuff. That kind of makes sense, you know. Something that's low courage is hardest to kill. I, I like that idea. I think it, it's the probably the best way you could represent them uh, in a in a toy soldier game. Anyway, right. Uh, we've got I think one or two more emails to go through. So lots of comments. Um, I might have to work out on how to cut this down next time. But anyway, lots of interesting thoughts are, about the game. And hope you're enjoying this. If you think this is too long, get in touch <laughs> next time. at gmail.com. I'll read your email out and lengthen the email segment. Uh. Archie Cable gets in touch saying, hi, Harry, hope you're keeping well. First time mailing in, but just wanted to say, I love your work. Oh, shucks. The podcast has really kept me sane over lockdown. I tend to listen while painting, and it's just nice to hear about the glory days. <laughs> yeah, of when we were toy soldiering. It's also got my head spinning with army list ideas, which is awesome in a time when there are no games, as I can just imagine all my ideas are going to destroy everything they face. Yeah, of course, that's that's easier. It's a good time when you're imagining lists, because you can just assume that they're going to be amazing. Um, he says, I just listened to episode 21 of the moot podcast the last tournament before lockdown wow i was chuckling ironically to myself at your only very soon comment i assume i said something about um i'll be at a tournament only very soon um who would have thought that it would be a bloody year since the last tournament uh he says um Yeah. I've been working my way through the podcast from the start, so I'm intrigued to listen to the ten or so lockdown episodes coming up. I will also try my hand at the most recent riddles in the dark when I get there. I'm doing okay on them so far, probably about 50-50, though my housemate does give me a hand with them. Oh, well, brilliant. You should, uh, Archie, let me know what your housemate's called. Give him a shout-out next time. Uh, Oh, sorry. It could be uh, her, couldn't it? Give them a shout-out. Get in touch. Um, I admit I haven't watched much of the YouTube channel, as I prefer the podcast for painting. That's fine. I totally agree. Uh, Though I have watched the episode where your girlfriend plays her first game I managed to convince my girlfriend to give the game a go during the first lockdown and we now play regularly to be honest she's probably a better player than me even though she, can't, she still can't use the wound chart uh, though I do think that's more out of laziness than a lack of ability, to be honest. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's brilliant. I love that. Um, I'm glad that you were inspired by that because... And you're not the first person to say this. Lots of people uh, I've spoken to or have messaged me and commented on the video saying I convinced my girlfriend to have a go uh, after watching that video. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this, it's on the Battle Games of Middle Earth YouTube channel. Um, this is me and uh, my girlfriend Louise having a go at the game and... Um, it's it's amusing uh, she's not a warhammer player but she does like it and she hasn't played uh, many times since it's fair to say but still uh that's cool i'm really glad that you've got a, a gaming partner as well that's really cool and um it, uh, you can tell her from me i still can't use the wound chart and i've been playing the game for two and a half years and have been able to play it and was playing it long before that and i still i think i i instinctively know what what they are but I still have to look it up every time Uh, so there you go Um, either way he says Archie says I hope to meet you across the table in 2021 when everything reopens we can actually play games I may even see if I can come up to your Lord of the Imps tournament all the best Archie I hope you I hope you do Um, I don't know whether you're on the list Uh, I can't remember there's about 40 I think how many is it I think we're on 50 nearly people on the tournament at the moment so uh, uh, forgive me if I don't remember your name being on the list let me just have a quick glance uh, I can't see it on the list, so Archie, get your bum on there. Uh, send me a message, uh, and we can sort it out. Uh, get you down there, and we'll find out more about the tournament later on in the podcast. Okay, so that's Archie. Uh, where are we? Where are we? I think we've got. Have we got one more? Yeah, no, that's the last. So that was the last comment. So now you may remember, about ten minutes ago, call it twenty or so, um, I I mentioned the riddle in the dark, and that's what this segment of the podcast is all really about. Uh, it's about guessing who speaks next. And what do they say? So uh, let's just go for the first wrong answer. Michael Haskell got in touch as well. We mentioned him already. Uh, he says, I, might, "I thought I might have a go." The who speaks next? And what do they say this time? I thought it was Faramir's ambush of the Southerners when Sam saw his oliphant. But having just found the scene, it isn't. It sounds like the chopping of wood and then a horn blowing. Hmm. Uh, he says. Uh, I, he says, just got another idea. I think I've cropped this accidentally, and I think you said something like, "Is it the bit where they're chopping trees down in Isengard?" It isn't. But let's have a listen one more time before we go into the real answers. Okay, so that is the riddle in the dark. Who speaks next? What do they say? Callum Morsman says, Finally, I actually know a riddle in the dark. The next person to speak is... Pippin to Merry, saying, "'What's making that noise?' as the Orcs and Uruk set up camp during the Two Towers and start to defile Fangorn. "'We'll definitely have to get my tree beard built "'to take vengeance against the Orc filth.'" Boorah-rum! Nathan Talbot says, "Uh, "'Hello, Harry. "'Finally I find myself, I believe, "'in a position to answer Riddles in the Dark "'with some confidence. "'I spent the last year catching up on episodes "'and slightly frustrated I couldn't enter "'because I seemed to know the majority. "'Yet, as I caught up, they got harder "'or the pressure became too much "'and I've struggled, "'often thrown off my initial feeling "'by an unexpected background noise.'" This one was similar, except that this time the noise could surely only be that of Fangorn Forest creaking in response to orc axes. That said, pinpointing the next line was tougher because there's a lot going on. I believe it's Pippin asking what's making the noise before Merry talks about the old forest coming alive. A delightful hint towards the, in my opinion, uh, sadly missing old man Willow from the books. Keep up the good work, Nathan. Thank you very much, Nathan. Cameron Cochran says I originally thought that it was from the Fellowship of the Ring when Saruman told Orcs to chop down the trees in Orthanc. However, after listening to it again, I think it is from the Two Towers just before the Riders of Rohan attack the Urukai, who have just who just have Maggoty bread to eat and they need to get a fire. I believe the next line is that is said by Pippin and is What's making that noise? okay thanks Cameron Ryan Coops gets in touch says I finally started listening to the Entmoot podcast over the past month after being a subscriber to your YouTube channel for some time thanks Ryan Uh, I think I've listened to almost every episode now well I'm sorry Ryan (laughs) Pippin speaks next asking what is that noise to which Mary replies it's the trees guess we might be hearing about some Ents next episode cheers Ryan Uh, not quite I I, I, I sometimes link them to the releases Uh, not always though Uh, Don Barnett says uh, hi Harry really enjoyed your last episode Looking forward to hearing some more tournament reports from you sometime soon, I hope. Has and and you, Don, have also said Pippin. Hmm. Hamish Gentles uh, says, Don't be too hasty now, young Master Harry, guzzumped by the past few riddles, but this wasn't too bad. Initially, I thought it was the Orcs and Isengard. I think that's the third person who said that. But then realised it must be Ugluck Scouts when they camp beside Fangorn. Pippin speaks next, saying... What's making that noise? Uh, Tim says, Hey Harry, great episode. This one has to be my boy Pippin. What's making that noise? If I got it correct, it's very fitting with the recent release of the new plastic tree beard. I hope I got it right. Keep up the good work and great content. Thanks, Tim Cole. Thank you very much. James Mathewson, final email and final comment to read out before we hear the answer to The Riddle in the Dark was, Hi, Pippin talks next and asks, What's making that noise? He says, Loving your bat reps on YouTube. Think I'm going to get Pelinor Fields game because of it james matthewson james amazing that is that is a big deal i think to me that we've maybe converted you maybe you've stumbled across them you've listened to the podcast and now you're getting the box set amazing stuff and james i can confirm that you're right (laughs) It was, of course, linked to the release of uh, Treebeard and uh, which one was it? Is Leap Beachbone or is it the other one? I can't remember. I haven't even built him yet. Anyway, either way, Enty, Enty stuff, because, of course, it's Entmoot. So I could not not uh, include the Entmoot, uh, the Ents in there and, and the moment that uh, we first kind of uh, suspect the introduction of Ents into the Two Towers. So there you go, uh, Pippin and Entmoot. Uh, so thank you very much a to every single person who got in touch during this podcast and um, this is probably the uh, absolutely longest email segment ever uh, but i hope that everyone listening if you even if you haven't emailed in i hope that you've really enjoyed the um uh, just the lots of comments because i really enjoyed reading them myself so hopefully you enjoyed that uh so uh, well done to tim cameron hamish callum russell uh oh russell priest i didn't mention your you messaged me via facebook and um, russell you got it right as well don um nathan t ryan james matthewson who all emailed in with the correct answer (sighs) right okay with that in mind let's have another one by jove okay who speaks next and what do they say that was the clip have a listen to the sounds and the background noise, the music. All these sorts of things are clues as to who this could be. Uh, tell me who it is. Let's hear the clip again. All right, one more time, one more time, just because I'm being kind. Get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you have an answer to the riddle in the dark this time. And, of course, continue the conversation about all those different things and, of course, anything else that happens during the podcast I completely, completely love the fact that you guys have all been uh, sort of st- slowly started dribbling in uh, different comments uh, it, it just it's great and I hope I really, really sincerely hope that uh, that you've enjoyed uh, hearing the comments and hearing your names and your messages read out it's uh, its super good, especially in these times where I don't have tournaments, it's its going to be amazing um, to keep having these things just for those next next couple of months so do get in touch, Podcast at gmail.com if you have an answer to the Riddle of the Dark or any comments and I'll put them into a smash them into a big old faq type thing right right so hamish gentles got in touch earlier on um i didn't read out this bit in the podcast but i'm gonna read it now because hamish gentles is a super fan on uh patreon and he's just a super fan in general. He's a super guy. He's a super fan. He's an awesome bloke. Uh, Hamish uh, got in touch. Um, and so just so you know, a super fan on Patreon means you get a T-shirt. So um, if you want to know more about that, uh, just get in touch or um, go to patreon.com slash Um Anyway, so pa- Hamish Gentle says, as for list building... Because I didn't, I think I mentioned at the end of last uh, podcast, I haven't done list building in a while, which I haven't done, which is true. But um, he asks, I'd be interested to hear your take on an Elven King Thranduil, at eight hundred points. So an Elven King force at eight hundred points. Thanks again for the podcast, and please keep the riddles. It's a fun part of the podcast. Thank you very much, Hamish. And I got this, and I thought, you know what, I've literally. Never played an army of Thranduil's halls. I'm. I've played against one or two. I'm trying to think if it's more than two. I think I've definitely. I've definitely played one. And I know who I played against. And he is a a a true gent, and also incredibly good with his Thranduil's halls army. So I thought, let's get him on the podcast. So welcome, Sir Jason Mountain.
2: How are we doing Harry how are we doing
0: I'm <laughs> very good thank you uh, thanks for coming along I've I've enlisted you because you, basically you're uh, one of the experts uh, I know that can, uh, can talk at length about elves and in particular Thranduil's hall so this is a strong army and you and you really rate it don't you as a as a sort of gamer as a sort oh, yeah, of, yeah. maybe as a competitive army
2: I think um, as far as I think elves are competitive in general I think yeah I think Hall's a Thranduil... Um, if played right, are really really strong. Like as I alluded to, like half of their army bonus. Like one of the one of the things of elves is elves win fights. Winning fights is not elves as problems. Elves as problems is killing when they win the fight. But um, for those people who perhaps don't know the halls of Thranduil, the the good part of their army bonus is that just about everything in the list, barring um, Legolas, Tauriel, Thranduil, and the Mirkwood Rangers um Owen Sentinels get plus one to wound when they are within three inches of Thranduil, which is incredibly powerful. Um, coupled with the fact that you can pretty much faint all the time because you fight five and you're going to be supported by a fight five model means that you are plus one to wound, rerolling ones with fight five. It's um, It will chop through things. And uh, there's another little cheeky combination you could do with Thranduil, which we'll perhaps talk about we go into mm-hmm. him a bit detail, which allows you, uh, well, essentially also elves have hand and a half sword, so you can go two-handed, which means that you are then plus two, rerolling ones to wound, and I've chopped through army of the dead like they were made of paper.
0: Already it's a compelling <laughs> argument as to why to use these guys. I mean, you, you do you point out that the strength three is a bit of a downside, but... But actually, yeah, that that is that is pretty good. But I'm guessing that there are they've got to be some downsides because this isn't a top table um, list usually. I mean, I've not seen any of the. Um, it doesn't often win tournaments, or or maybe it's just not been in the right
2: hands, Jason. <laughs> it's been in my hands. That's why it hasn't been winning tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> they they struggle from one of the issues that elves struggle with in general. In I personally, and I know there'll be some pushback from, in this. That I don't think elves are actually good enough. I think. Um, if they were to accurately, I think they have a similar problem to what Space Marines have had in 40K for many years until recently in that if they were to accurately um, recreate what an elf could do on the battlefield, every elf would be Legolas and Legolas would be just something else completely off the spectrum. So the downside with with elves is low model count and... Uh, Strength three, as we've already mentioned. Low armor, generally, uh, I don't think any of the troops can get above six, and some of the heroes just about get to seven. Um, Thranduil himself can only get to defense six, which is obviously, that's one of his weaknesses. If he does lose a fight against um strength four, which isn't uncommon in evil armies, they're wounding him on fives. Um, hmm. And... uh Elves, although they're supposed to be yeah. the best shooters in Middle Earth, they're not because they don't have the numbers to get the number of shots because in in SBG, it's it's quantity that does the damage of shooting, not quality um, because it's all well and good hitting on a 3 plus with a strength 3 bow, but if you've only got nine shots, mm-hmm. you're just going to get outshot by Serpent Horde, Corsairs, Um, at low points, ranges. um, So you can't win the shooting war, I don't think. Um, And they've got fight five, which is great, but fight five only helps you in a fight. So their survivability outside of of a fight is considerably lower than it is in a fight, if you get what I mean. So...
0: Yeah, and I suppose sometimes that fight five is completely and utterly worthless yeah. when you're facing up against forty goblins <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that. You know, it, it's 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 useless. You might as well have fight Which three. Which is why,
2: I, as much as it pains me to say it, and Beard Tugger the King will probably love to hear it, I think the dwarf standard dwarf profile is as good as you need it to be in most scenarios. Like, particularly in. Well, you heard it here first on Entmoot.
0: <laughs> Dwarves are better than elves. It's it's official, according to an elf. Lover. Oh, you wretched
2: man! You wretched man!
0: <laughs> well, well, now we've kind of done, <laughs> now we've kind of done a bit of both. Uh, we've kind of t- talked them up a bit because they these these Thranduil halls are pretty pretty meaty elves compared mm-hmm. to um, you know some of them. They've got those extra killy bonuses, mm-hmm. which is of course the biggest weakness of elves. Mm-hmm. How do you go about building a list? I mean, so we've got 800 points. Hamish wants to know how to build a Thrandall Hall army at 800 points. And I know you've got a couple of ideas I have. here. but have. Um, let's, let's, let's go straight into your first list, which is a green... Uh, no, so it's a pure army list. So this well, is just One thing uh, I wanted Hall, to just uh, say, himself. actually,
2: before we start talking yeah, cool. about the army list, one of the other... It's, an, it's a downside of elves, and it's an important thing, I think, to remember when in army list construction... Is that and it's a little topical quiz for you? In all three factions of elves, there is only one named character who brings March to the table. And do you know which named character that is for elves?
0: I'm I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Is it Gildor?
2: Hundred yeah, percent correct. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so this is this is yeah, and he only has one point of might. Yeah. Um. So this is one of the problems with army list writing with elves. Is that one of elves? One of the big strengths of elves and all three varieties of elves. This is true. Is they're named heroes. Mm. They are all absolute weapons in their own right, um, and so manoeuvrability is a big problem for, in my mind for elf armies uh, because of the lack of access to heroic march. Um, you have to either take captains. outsource it and you're writing lists where you are very squeezed for points from the start so you have to think where you and also i think elf armies traditionally unless you're playing like the ed ball skew all mounted riven or all rivendell knights and elrond unless you're playing a heavy skew list you probably aren't taking more than 2 to 3 cavalry in any mm. of the lists in any faction of elves. Because yeah, they're so
0: expensive, aren't they? Points are, I mean they're what th- 20 points or something nearly, so uh
2: 17. I think and I think and the Rivendell Knights and Galadhrim Knights both come in at 21ish. Um however, Thrandor Halls have in my mind arguably the best of the three options for cavalry and they come in at 16 points and go to 17 with a shield. Mm. Um, so they do actually have a very good cavalry option um, which gives them a manoeuvrability and they also get a very tasty bonus in that they treat Thranduil as a banner if they are within six inches of him and they get the plus one to wound if they are within three inches of him so they have got options for manoeuvrability but to go back to the point about list writing and 800 point lists March is one of the top three heroics so if you're playing, and I think this is true of any any list, and I'm, I am sort of rambling on here a little bit, but it's to try and sort of get across the reasons behind my list creation and why sure, I've, yeah, done yeah, yeah, I've done it the way I've Sure, yeah, You're building up
0: tension. It. I get it. That's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to let people uh, inside my mind, um, whoever wants to go there.
0: Into the Warhammer so, bit, yeah, not not the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, don't go there. Don't go there, children. Um, so... In SPG, you either need you, you need to be able to move around and take objectives or you need to force your opponent to move where you want them via shooting. And as already discussed, elves have decent shooting, but I think it's overrated. And I think in the case of Halls of Thranduil, you, it's the only elf action that I generally don't max out the bow fire. And the reason being, and this is all coming around to a point, that unlike Lothloren... And um, Rivendell, you have no way to protect your shooting from counter-shooting because you have no blinding light in faction. You only have access to it if you ally in... um, uh, Oh, come on, Brain.
0: Gullandria? It's only like...
2: No, the Grey Wizard. Come on, no. Oh, Gandalf. Yeah. (laughs) How embarrassing. Yeah, Gandalf (laughs) from... um, Gandalf from No, You can ally in the Lady of Light, but that's a yellow alliance and that means you lose your army bonus and there's only a few scenarios in which I do that and that is not common. So, 800 points. We need march because we need to be able to get across the board. We need to be able to move around. We're predominantly a foot-based army. So, how are we going to get the march? So, we have two lists. One is the pure with march brought in and one of them is um, allied bringing in the march. Uh, So essentially, on the pure side of things, we have in Warband 1, we have Thranduil leading 16 warriors, and Thranduil in this army has got the, the swords, which I would always take. Like, if you were playing low points, I would drop everything else other than the swords. Now, some people will say the crown, but the swords make him fight seven, four attacks on foot with Blade Lord, which means... He gets the extra attack if he's engaged by more than one model. That makes his survivability absolutely insane Mm. when he gets into combat. Um, And as as in our game, you were putting models around because you were just trying to stop him from heroic combating, but he was getting up to like seven, eight, nine attacks, and he will just do work against troops. The crown's lovely. The nature's wrath's fantastic, but at low points... Particularly in good for evil, you've got ring race. All they've got to do, well, sure, the nature's wrath is hard to resist. But the the other benefit of it is that you get to cast, cast, excuse me, aura of dismay, and that's a uh, exhaustion which relies on him having will. He only has three will. He doesn't have inbuilt magical resistance. So you know, transfix, compel, black dart, sap will. And that side of that benefit's gone fairly quickly, mm. um, and that's twenty five points that I'd rather spend on, frankly, more bodies or a banner at low points. So for me, um, the armor is great. It's heavy armor; it takes him to defense six, but he's got an elven cloak in his profile if you need to hide him from shooting. And if you're fight, if you're relying on your um, defense four to save you in combat. Uh, sorry, defense six to save you in combat. Things have probably gone south anyway. Um, yeah,
1: so, good point.
2: Good point. So, so swords first, swords always first for me. Um, and he's also got he's got strike and defense as his as two of his four heroics. So if he if he if at low points you end up going against someone like I don't know a fight six say I don't know if Aragon's a great example, but I, I don't want to search around in my brain for a fight six hero. But if they call strike. You just call defense until they run out of might, and then you've still got five seven. Yeah. So okay, so
0: so he, so you you got also here on the 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 list that you've got plus or minus the horse, and yeah. I, again, so this is a choice that um you're I'm, I'm guessing. Well, let's keep it brief here, but you know the the, the horse. <laughs> you, you could either go person. with the horse or the swords, and um, but it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you know, you get that knockdown and the bonus, but of course you don't get the added bonus of being, when you're surrounded, you, you get all those extra attacks.
2: So personally, I would never put Thranduil on a hook on any mount. Um, I know people like to put him on the elk because it, It's um, a great centerpiece. I put plus or minus the nag because at 800 points, normally I don't think you've got the points for it because the extra warrior I think is generally better. And even for me, at 800 points, I wouldn't put him on the horse. But because your your mate wanted a a list, it is an option. But I think – I know Ali King did a very good article about – I'm name-dropping Ali a lot um, – a very good article about – foot-mounted heroes, and I've always mounted Thranduil on foot. He's four-attack base, He should always be five-attacks because he should always be going to two. He should be supported, so he's six-attacks. That's as many attacks as he gets if he goes in on the horse and knocks a bottle down. That's true. Um, the horse also, you don't get the, um, the Blade Lord, so he drops down to three-attacks. If they charge you... Then uh, you've only got three attacks. If Thrandall is mounted, you are much more likely to feel pressured into using his might to call a heroic move so he gets the charge, same as in the elk. You don't want, in my opinion, to be spending the might on that. You'd much rather spend it on combats, on, on actually killing things. Um, yeah. And he's just much more scarier, I think, on foot because people will just avoid him. And he can move around, you know. He can heroic combat. He can move around. He can assassinate. He can snipe. I just don't think. I just don't think. I, th- I just don't think the benefits there. It also. It. I know that it spreads out his aura from what he his three inch aura because it's a bigger base, but it also reduces the cohesion of your battle line because of mm. the size of his base and how it fits in. Um, and like I say, if you lose the move off, and he gets counter charged then i don't know I, it, I just think there's too many negatives for me for putting him on a horse um
0: same well, but uh, i mean so, there's a compelling argument there so um but there you go yeah so you'd go with swords yeah, all the basically. time
2: yeah yeah i go swords i go swords i'm crown 165 points every single time unless it's 500 or less and then i start consider. It. then i drop the crown and then i drop the armor and then i'm left with the swords i never give him the bow the reason being he's a I know he's shoot two, I know that's fantastic, but I never want to have the temptation to spend his might on shooting um uh someone out when I've got Legolas.
0: Mm. Okay, fair point. And with Grandwell, so, you said sixteen warriors. What 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 have we got in there? That's, so let's go we've through got the eight, war eight
2: warriors with sword and shield. Basic boys, ten points an elf, lovely jubly, plus one to wound, fight five. That's a nice, nice, tasty warband. We've got um, one warrior with a glaive and banner because mm-hmm. um, you know banners are good. Uh, banners are particularly good when you have high um, yeah. fight. I hear I have I have heard people say don't ever give it to the palace guard. I don't actually think it's a terrible idea giving it to palace guard because palace guard come with bodyguard, which means that um, if someone's got a sentinel. Um, or a dead marsh spectre, then your banner's not going anywhere. Uh, if you did get broken, your banner's not going anywhere. Um, so I, I think there's arguments for putting on the palace guard. I don't personally, but I, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world if you do. Um, and then we are backing this up with seven palace guard with spear and shield, because palace guard should always have a spear. Palace guard should always have a shield. They aren't cheap. This isn't a cheap list even by elf standards um but they give you fight six and bodyguard and um fights and the plus one to wound and fight six i mean it is more valuable in blue on blue but in good v evil when the likes of uh, Gothmog, alerts uh, um so on and so forth come into your battle line and have lower fight against your troops it's lovely um, it's a pain in the so, ass, is what it is, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I agree.
0: I, I, for Having Fight 6 in there is definitely worth having. And they're, they're yeah, yeah. Fight 6 only within a few inches of the uh, Thranduil, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, which is why they're only in Thranduil's Warband.
0: Makes sense. So Warband number could, two, I, I see you've got Legolas on a horse which, as well, which is a pretty much a, an auto-take on this sort of list the I mean, list, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, what, you can't, I mean we can't really <laughs> yeah. uh, say anything that hasn't already been said about Legolas. Yeah, He's yeah. just great, um,
2: isn't he? I'm hardly rewriting the rule book here by putting Legolas on horse, but I think the horse is the first upgrade that you always take. I don't think Orcrist is particularly worth it. I think it's much more worthwhile on Thorin because it gives Thorin the Elven blade. Legolas has mm. already got them now in the latest rules. Um, like the Orc bane, Goblin bane, and Urako bane, that's so, eh, okay. But you know, if he's on the horse charging in, he's got four attacks knocking down. I don't know. I don't. I just don't think. I just don't think. Um, worth it, and the same with the cloak mm-hmm. that largely they're just not, they're nowhere near as good as they used to be. So, stick him on horse, get that mobility, get him going around, spend his bite to kill the heroes, have a good time, kill horses, kill heroes, kill banners. Um, he, sorry, go on.
0: No, no, I was just that, that, that was all I was going to say. i would just say, yeah, legless 105 points with a, with a horse is it's <laughs> pretty standard choice, go for it, yeah,
2: yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. He's he's, he's the boy. So, with him, he's got two calf of shields. Now, I know that they don't get the bonuses for being in Legolas's warband, but I like having the calf with the Legolas because if you get a Maelstrom deployment or whatever, he can have some bodyguards with him, kind of thing, who can keep mm. up with him if he moves around. You can quick enough get to within six inches of Thranduil, but I just I like having the three mobile models together. Yep, um, makes sense. And Thrandor's already got enough models in his war band. He Thrandor's war band just wants to go around just chomping through things. Just chomp, chomp chomp. Um go on,
0: sorry. No, yeah, so next we've got um, the warriors with bow. Now, so, so we've got six warriors with bow, but some with spears as well. Or glaive.
2: Uh, glaive. Glaive. Important distinction. Um And another reason why actually in Halls of Thranduil that I don't take max bows is that to to give them the glaive so that they've got the spear support so that they can be dual purpose and sit behind your line actually makes them very expensive because it's two Mm -hmm. points for the bow and two points for the glaive, which is 13 points. Mm -hmm. Why is a glaive more expensive than a shield, people? Well, uh, than a spear, because a glaive gives you a hand and a half weapon, so you can go two-handed. It gives you the ability to parry or... The shielding effect and it gives you the ability to spear support. So it's a very, very good weapon, mm. but it's not cheap. And I don't, and I don't, uh, I just find that if you want to put it on all of your warriors, warriors with bow, it gets very expensive. So I have three with bow, three with glaive, bow and glaive, so they can act as a little, uh, as the green dragon always says, they're almost honesty bows in this because they're just to threaten heroes and whatever. And in this list, you already have Legolas. That is your shooting. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah so people are already coming at again. you
0: because people are afraid of of Legolas as taking out the banners and stuff. But I guess having a couple of extra bows, uh, as you say, honesty bows to call them to call them that, to it's steal the dragon's phrase, like, yeah, it's, it's just it's extra also, pressure on those horses, extra pressure on the heroes, all that sort of but stuff. Well, it
2: also allows you, like, in if you've got objective game, to sit back and still contribute. It allows you in things like. Um, Storm the camp to have something back in your deployment zone that's still doing work and reconnoitre. It allows you to protect your backline a bit, but still engage with the enemy. I, you know, I'm I I like bows, but I just I don't think they. Uh, I just don't think that they do enough work generally. But anyway.
0: the well, next you've got a sentinel
2: who has a bow. Ah yes, <laughs> yeah, he does have, bow. Uh, so have a bow. But not just bow. Yeah, it's not just for that, is it? No, God, no, 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 no no. The Sentinel and Legolas are the best buddies in the whole world. and they get on so well and they have so much fun, particularly in good for evil lists, because I'm sure everyone is aware of what Sentinel does, but if you're not, he has three songs. One allows you to automatic pass terror or courage checks on A model. Uh, one of them allows him to cause terror, and the other one the secret source, the magic source is that he targets a model within 12 inches, they take a courage check. If they fail that courage check, you can move that model up to its full movement, unlike Command and Compel, which I believe is only half movement. Correct. So this allows you to do things like pull, um, put, move a banner out of base contact with something else so that Legolas can snipe it. It allows you, particularly in Good View or like on their mid-tier heroes like um I don't know Guritz or someone like that who haven't got great courage to pull them out of the line um, so things like that it just allow it's a trick that you have access to and it's brilliant it's so useful. He comes with a cloak he comes with two attacks. Um, yeah he's good he's expensive he's 25 points, but I think at 800 points there's an argument to take two yeah. um, I don't I understand the argument.
0: I can understand the argument, um, but I, spe- I suppose just looking ahead and looking at the list, that in total, I think probably pushing it to two, you would lose too many. This is one of the
2: issues of elves.
0: Absolutely, it's always it's always going to be a toss up. Mm. I mean, you know, if you had all the points in the world, it would be an unlimited points mm. match, and that would be no nice fun. So uh, it's a good balance, I think you've stri- you're striking you strike. Well, here. I think also- so. The final war band-
2: Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry go well, on. I was going to say, I think also the thing is, um, I think very much, in my opinion, the UK scene the moment and I don't know necessarily I know the um, the, uh, unexpected podcast is doing a great series where they're talking to people from different communities but I feel like in the UK to do well you need numbers Numbers are doing better than big heroes. Like it's all well and good having a big hero who can kill, but if they've just got more numbers, like eventually you run out of bullets. Um,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: So another reason for not taking another sentinel is effectively you're losing three warriors, and I've in total I only have 37 models, so that that's you know it's not bad for 800 points, but it's also not. It's not the
0: best. It's below average, isn't it? I mean, I, you hear the sort of figure of one per 20 points, isn't it? And that's that's just under that. Yeah, so that's it. I can understand that. But uh, you mentioned already uh, the, the captain with the march is worth having, and you've gone with a palace guard captain uh, leading the final warband with the shield. a shield.
2: So palace guard captain with shield. This is, I think, the Rivendell captain is the best elf captain and one of the best captains in the game i think the palace guard captain is the second best elf captain um, the reason being that uh, it, and one of the problems with the halls of thrandall is you have no option for a mounted captain you have three captain profiles you have the palace guard captain you have the mirkwood captain you have the mirkwood ranger captain forget the last two remember the palace guard captain um, because this little bad boy with a shield goes up to defense seven. He also, when he's within three inches of Thranduil, goes up to fight seven. So this bad boy is out fighting Aragorn Killar- King Elessar. Um He also gets the plus one to wound when he was within three inches of Thranduil. So that's a fight seven, strength four, two attack model with plus one to wound. That can feint against most things because it's supported by a palace guard with fight six. Um, so he's very good. He's uh, he's eighty points. I mean, for five points less, you get the Merquid captain who's got a glaive, and that's the only difference. And so never mind. Oh, and the Palace Guard captain comes with bodyguard. So you know, if he needs to charge Sauron, fine. He's not worried. He's he's going in there. This bad boy's going in there. Um, <laughs> so he's just he's just a tank as well. Like you know, if you need to shield, you've got a fight seven model with four dice shielding. Or fight six base, so I, he's good. Um and his war band is just very simple. It's four warriors with shield and five warriors with glaive, so they can go out and act on their own. They can um, they can march around, they can they can go into the backfield, they can go hold up a flank. I mean, if they're away from Thrandor they don't get the plus one to wound, but you know, they can plug a gap, they can get work done. So I think if you absolutely. are gonna stay pure, that's how you get march into the list, you take the palace guard captain.
0: Right, so there you heard it there from, from Jason. Uh, an elf, uh, elf lord, I will call him. Uh, I'll just <laughs> summarise it all. Um, so, Thranduil uh, w- with the swords, the armour and the crown. Uh, eight warriors with sword and shield. One warrior with glaive and banner. Seven palace guard with spear and shield. Legolas with a horse. Uh, two cavalry uh, with shield. So they're the Mirkwood Cavalry. Uh, three warriors with bow. Three warriors with bow and glaive. A sentinel. Palace guard captain with shield. Four warriors with shield. Five warriors with glaive. That's seven bows plus legless, of course 37 models uh 19 models dead is broken so that's not it's not bad and 25 is nine remaining
2: so um that's that's not bad the because of the plus or minus the horse if you don't take the horse you get an extra warrior with a shield so it's actually 38 models okay well, there you go,
0: thirty-eight models. Let's go with that because that's <laughs> what you've recommended. Uh, so we not oh, That's think, what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so there you go. And um, so that's the list, uh, Hamish, that the, that you think uh, uh, Hamish should take. And um, I think we've pretty much covered some of the, the the negatives and the positives of them. But just very very briefly, um, <laughs> uh, when we're talking about allies, um, yeah. you, you already mentioned you want to ally someone in to get the uh, to get the march, um, and you've got a couple of options here that you've chosen. Uh, just to basically. Lake Town captain with shield with warriors, but you've got a, a couple of little variations in how you would uh, assemble that warband. Just, just briefly, t- talk talk me yeah. through what you would do and why.
2: Well, it's also worth noticing. I do not really want to just be brief. There are other allies I would take, um, and then, but we can maybe talk about that afterwards. If you want to keep it mm. brief, so essentially, what I would do, um I would take the same list. I drop the palace guard and his captain and his warband all together. Um, I'd put two warriors with bows into Thranduil's uh, warband, taking him up to 18 because fill up the space. Um, I'd take Legolas's warband. He gets an extra three warriors with shield, which takes him up to 12 warriors. So you've maxed out your elves. You've got 30 elves. Um, And then you can take a Lake Town captain with shield and 12 warriors. And you've got two options in my mind of how you build it which is uh, six shields and six shield and spear or option B is you take six shields you take four shield, four bows with spear and two spears and shield um, so you get the 12 warriors but you've got the options of whether or not you want to take a few bows and then if i think in my opinion you take the bows because you you then have 13 bows plus legolas so you can actually you can actually have a shooting battle then. Mm. And then that warband also can just go off and do whatever it wants to do. It's got a bit of shooting, so it, if it ends up in a standoff, it can force an engagement or threaten an engagement. Um,
0: and crucially, though, you've added seven models. You haven't lost much yeah. might. Yes, of course, you've lost a bit of defence and a bit lost of no fighting might. power, but it's not bad for gaining that many models, you know.
2: No, and I, I think that's probably the, the number one ally I would take I mean because you, like say you've pumped your, your your model count up to 45 models now which is above slightly above what we'd consider the average you've got three maxed out warbands which is you, know, you can't ask for more than that mm. um, if you come up against a, a high shooting army you just stick the lake town guys in front of your army um, <laughs> just <laughs> let, let them die, die like, let them die like Set the them chumps to that they are <laughs> yeah 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 um So that that, out of the two lists, 800 points, that's actually the list I would take. If Um, you were going competitive, yeah. If I was going competitive, that is the list I would take. It's a better list than the first list because you've got more models, frankly. Mm. You've just got more models. And the survivability is not really that much less because if you get into a shield ball on shield ball, you've still got the fight five. Yeah, It's exactly. still from the supports. You've got more elves anyway. I mean, that's the other thing to remember. Oh, sorry, you haven't got more elves. What am I talking about? You've got 30 war, uh, elves, so you've got seven less. But it's still
0: a lot of elves. You've still got the
2: punching power. It's a lot of elves. You've still got the punching power of um, Thranduil's Warband, which is, you know, no joke. Um, I mean, another thing to consider with allies is if you aren't going for the numbers and you... One one of the issues with the list is dealing with big heroes because will, mm. as great as he is, doesn't get the plus one to wound. Um, so he's capped at strength four. Well, he can go two handed, but that's risky. Um, so I think Dane is a very good ally mm. into the list because he comes, he's strength five, isn't he, with plus one to wound because yeah, of his he, master of forge, burly, bonkersness. He's got,
0: he's got all, the, all the good stuff on his weapon, hasn't he? He's He's, he,
2: he's a juicy bad boy. Um and you know for what is he, 160 mounted on his sausage rocket? Yeah, it's insane. He's, it's insane. And and he comes. He brings march. I mean, you don't want to be using Danes might for march, but you know he's got it. So you know, quite I could quite happily, you could just take him as a single drop, or just give him two calf to support him. Maybe drop the with cavalry. Yeah.
0: And I suppose that's the, the this is the downside with uh, and and I see you've got the other option uh, that we briefly uh, we can touch on the Gandalf the Grey plus some um, mm-hmm. some troops as well and I guess both of those uh, are going to severely uh, limit your numbers or you're going to uh, you can put a note here probably have to lose Legolas if you're adding Gandalf because you're going to be losing a lot of m- numbers for those. This so, is the problem. Yeah. This
2: is the problem. Even at 800 points, if you are taking either Dane or Gandalf. You probably have to lose Legolas, which for me is just a no, because he's, as I've said at the start of this podcast, he is the boy. He's my boy. Yeah, he's, boy. he's my favourite. He character. just
0: adds so much utility as well, doesn't he? You know, in terms of yeah. competitive play. I mean, yes, Gandalf does add a lot of stuff, but can't, Gandalf can't reach out from the other end of the board and and take out someone's horse like that. You have to really be careful, and people can avoid him, and there's, they have counter plays. You know, even just rolling a good yeah. six every turn will do. It'll do the job yeah. against Gandalf, yeah, yeah, it, which is annoying.
2: Exactly. Um, and yeah, and also even if you max out Gandalf's warband, is he is he Valor? Is he fifteen? I don't know. It he might be Valor in, in
0: Lake Town. I'm not sure, but yeah. Either way, it's going to be going to be a. He's not pricey... going to be Fortitude, is he? No, it's so, pri- it's so a, a pricey alternative. But either way, it's you're going to lose. Crucially, you're going to lose about twelve elves or something like that, aren't you? Just yeah. just to squeeze him in.
2: So, which is I actually think, if I was to go to a thousand points then I'd be tempted to take list two and just stick Dane in with two two cavalry. I think in general, the step from 800 to 1,000 is, in most lists, it's just another hero, isn't it, really, at that point? You're not really taking more troops.
0: Once you get to a thousand points, it becomes almost like who knows what the meta, if there is, if that's even a thing, is because you've got to deal with such so many crazy armies at a thousand points that you know people like me bringing three trebuchets and stuff like that. You know, yeah, it, exactly. It, it's too, it's too <laughs> hard to know, but I think at eight hundred points there is a bit a bit of a defined limit. This is an upper upper sort of cost of stuff, but. Mm. Um, Either way, Jason, this is really interesting. Uh, I hopefully Hamish has found that really useful. Um, so, just to summarise, always go with Thranduil with the sword, the armour, and the crown. Yep. Always go with Legolas. Yep. Make sure you get mm-hmm. Palace Guard, and if you want, you've got to get March in there. You should go for Lake Town Captain, probably with some Lake Town Warriors. But if you want to go pure, the uh, the, yeah. the other Lake Town, uh, sorry, the um, Palace Guard Captain is the best choice to do that, and you get a good easily head and
2: shoulders. Yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah, I mean. Anyone who wants to drop me a question or, or or challenge me or tell me I'm wrong, please do it. I and mean, I, I, one thing I love to do is talk. Absolutely, <laughs> I well, it. I well, absolutely if, love talking. And I love absolutely, talking about toy soldiers. Who doesn't? That's why I've done a podcast. Well,
0: uh, Jason, thank you very much. And if you. Um, if you if you are listening at home and you're thinking this guy is a complete moron, um, just comment underneath <laughs> the uh, uh, the the post on the GBHL of the the link to the SoundCloud, tell us why yeah. we're wrong, and uh, hopefully hopefully uh, Jason will prove you wrong <laughs> or not. Come find me
2: yeah no i'm i'm i'd love to be challenged i love it we'll have a in the words of brian clough we can come into my office we can talk for three hours and we'll both agree that i was right
0: <laughs> and on that note jason thank you very much uh for coming and talking about frangles
2: holes all right no worries man thank you ever so much pleasure absolute pleasure
0: Jason Mountain, there talking Thranduil's halls. So I hope Hamish that that helps you build your army uh, for Thranduil's hall. I'm no expert, but I'm glad that Jason's been able to come on and have a bit of a chat with me about it. So now let's talk tournaments. Here, Mister Bilbo,
2: where are you after? I stop! I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure!
0: That's right, we're going on an adventure. It's very exciting because in the next coming months, tournaments will return to the UK uh, June the 21st is the big day for uh, GBHL tournaments uh, to start happening again uh, so that's the Hobbit League here in the UK this is the kind of the general overarching uh, league which pulls together all the different tournament goers across the UK and gets them in a b- big spreadsheet and works out who's the best and it's it's great fun and I'm very excited uh, because it's finally back um, there's going to be one on the 26th of June I don't think I can get to it myself Uh, That's going to be at Seventh City Collectibles in Nottingham. Of course, the home of Warhammer World and so many other uh, Lord of the Rings fans and Warhammer fans generally there. Um, Some City Collectibles. I will hopefully pop along and talk uh, to the people there, but I can't stay the whole weekend, sadly. But uh, I am able to stay in my Lincoln-based tournament, The Lord of the Imps, The Two Powers. Uh, It is very exciting. This is July the tenth and eleventh. This is one I'm hosting in Lincoln at Lincoln College, uh, which is very very exciting. Um, There's going to be sixty people there. Uh, I hope there'll be 60 people there. I've got 60 tickets available. There's lots of space. Uh, there's going to be just oodles of prizes available. Um, there's going to be uh, so many cool things. There's going to be booze, hopefully. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of really exciting stuff to just kind of have a big party, really, to celebrate the fact that the GBHL is back, tournaments are back, and we can all you know intermingle a bit. Obviously, we'll be following the latest COVID restrictions and rules, but uh, we will take that opportunity to play toy soldiers while we absolutely can so um, all the details are on the GBHL event page by the way but I'm going to give you a little bit of a a bit of a flavour because this is a bit unusual my tournament it's an 800 point uh, tournament and you've got to stick with either good or evil and they're actually you've got to Basically, it's a good versus evil event. So you're staying with good, and you're playing only evil, or vice versa. Um, it's exciting. So 800 points. And what's cool about this? And we did this last year. Uh, we have lots of different various um, various restrictions on the army you're building. So basically, on day one, you choose a general and a lieutenant. Basically, your general is chosen the normal way. The lieutenant is the sort of the second highest tier, or or the same. Um, if you've got the same tier, you can choose obviously which one's general, which one's lieutenant. And then the first day you have a normal eight hundred point list, including both. And the lieutenant doesn't really mean anything apart from for one uh, scenario where you get some extra points for it. But anyway, generally, day one doesn't mean much. Day two, you delete your general's warband. He's killed by the trickster imp. And it's been cursed. And then the second day, your lieutenant takes over as the leader. Uh, so you're left obviously with a points deficit, which you then have to fill either by adding other heroes, which uh, which could be you know they have to be lower tier than the the, uh, the lieutenant, but or the same tier. Um, but you you've got, got to fill the the either warbands or you can change people. So I'm you know in my events pack, there's lots of cool ideas. So for example, you could start with an army of like a Lothlorien, um, uh, a Lothlorien and uh, Rohan alliance with say. Kelleborn and AMR and gambling, and then uh, day two, AMR, who's your lieutenant, takes over and becomes leader because Celeborn's died, and then you're just left with like a, a Rohan army, which would be really cool, and you could add a load of stuff. So um, that would be really good. And uh, so that's one of the cool things that's happening. The second cool thing is good versus evil. Um, essentially, I'm going to have some special rules. Uh, special rules for each sort of faction we're going to have some uh, some terrain which uh, people are generously providing which is going to be one of the difficulties and people are uh, have offered up some uh, some terrain that they're going to bring because I, I decided to expand the the event and um, hopefully people will be able to help to fill the boards with terrain but anyway um depending on the uh, the who wins on the the table you're about to play your next game on essentially your army could get a bonus so if the good guys win and you're a good army, the next good army to play on that table, you could get a bonus, which could be something like uh, re-rolling wands for fate rolls, you could have uh, a special fate save for heroes mounts for Rohan, uh, uh, for just the Rohan area, I should say, the Rohan terrain. Uh, you could get fearless for your leader, terror for your leader, uh, or heroes, uh, a poisoned weapon for your hero uh, or uh, any banner effect it being increased by 3 inches, so lots of cool little bonuses this is stolen from uh, something I heard in the Green Dragon once so that's really exciting the pools are really interesting, there's Seize the Imp which is a slightly custom built scenario where you wake up the imp uh, it's, it's all loads of really cool stuff and you know what, it was an absolute party last time, it really was, we had so much fun uh, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of a flavour of some of the goings-ons, which happened last time at the Lord of the Imps. Just started uh, the penultimate round. Uh, I'm just going to take a tour of the place and maybe do a little bit of commentary. So hovering down on the bottom tables here, and we've got some all-mountain heroes, including Gandalf, some elven heroes, uh, Arwen, Elrond, and I think that's the, one of the twins, or maybe two of the twins, against Dane on the pig with some iron hills, uh, all clashing over whole ground in the center uh, of the bottom tables. I've just seen a charge uh, from one of the twins trying to heroic combat off the nasty, nasty iron hills, needing sixes, of course, and struggling to get that heroic combat. Dane's up against uh, one of the twins uh, and is looking like he's gonna do okay. Um, but, generally, lots, lots going on here at the bottom. Well, in a, in a bit of a microcosm,
1: it's going very well, because I just won a combat against Dane with uh, one of the twins and Glorfindel. In a macrocosm, though, I have got five models left on the board in Hold the Ground
0: against maybe triple that with Dwarf. So, I'm taking the little victories as they come. We've got the Mahud up against uh, Minas Tirith here. Um, how's it going for the Mahud? Uh, It's going okay at the moment. My warband's come on behind all of his rangers and Madrill and done a lot of damage. Yes, I see some impact hits potentially happening there, yeah? Already have, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that took a lot of rangers out, and there's a big line of Mahud with blowpipes and half trolls hovering over here with lots of spears and stuff in a line ready to descend
2: on the central objective. Sure, yeah, that's the the aim. Yeah. If I can get past these uh, um, cavalry, Minister of Cavalry coming in with lances, uh, yeah, they'll be grand. Grab the barriers near the centre and try and hold
0: it. Are you feeling confident?
2: Confident enough, yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Darren, how are you feeling?
2: Not very confident.
0: (laughs) As we sweep across Amon Hen, we've got some archers mounted on the top of the seeing seat, firing arrows down into the central objective with a troll chieftain. And Gothmog wheedling their way through. And, of course, Gothmog giving all those nasty bonuses to his nearby orcs against those men. So it could go badly for the Rohan there. We'll see what happens. I'm going to sweep over the edges over here. So we've got Thrangel's halls. Time of money is over. It's
2: time of the orc. We are going straight in.
1: He may just hold him up where I can't get him into the lines. But my plan is just try and collapse Zerg the line. That's the only hope I have at this point.
0: Wow. Well, good luck, guys. Either way, there. So that's table one with the... Potential for a Wrath of Bruin, and I'm just going to watch this dice roll just to see whether the Wrath goes off. Here we go, he's got a roll. That's a big old six. That's a big old six. Let them carry on because we've just seen a heroic challenge declared and accepted, which is pretty cool. So, Glorfindel on the charge. He's got the dice, he's got the challenge. Dwalin's got three attacks, I think. Oh, it's a big four. So, it's just one wound on Dwalin, one wound on Dwalin. He's got four attacks on the charge. Ooh, it's a big six from the elves. Ooh, it's another chance to kill Dwalin. So last time we took off a fate point, I think. Yes, we did. Let's get those dice on the the mic. So we've returned to what is almost certainly the final round of the heroic challenge. We've got Dwalin on one wound. Uh, Two Two wounds. Two wounds, no fate. Glorfindel on one wound, no fate. Goes to a four. It looks like Dwalin's probably going to take Glorfindel out. An ignominious end, there he goes. And Dwalin would have taken away the heroic challenge, come away with three might points, and doing pretty well indeed. So the dwarves both win on the field and in the heroic challenge. It's spinning. Heads. It's recon, it's recon, everyone. Good luck, the round starts now, recon. oh and the road goes ever on the tournament goes ever on so that was just a, a snapshot of one of the rounds on one of the days of Lord of the Imps last year and of course this year there's some extra stuff there's more people bigger venue uh, it's going to be really really exciting so um, do if you're interested get a, get in touch with me uh, send messages on Facebook or uh, at gmail.com if you want to come uh, or you can search the GBHL Facebook page just go into the events tab and it's one of the events coming up in July the 10th and 11th of this year in Lincoln. Big tournament, 800-point tournament, and it's going to be absolutely epic. We've got something like 50 people already, so be very quick. Uh, These tickets will go very, very quickly. So... Um, very exciting so yeah that's my tournament that's the, the episode as well that's pretty much us done for today thank you very much for listening and thank you to all of the people who uh, sent in messages earlier to entmootpodcast at gmail.com and to Jason and to Kylie of course it feels so long ago now that we heard from Kylie uh, Kylie sending that challenge for the list building uh, with those Easterlings and we'll find out uh, in the Green Dragon podcast how that turns out um, as to whether those Easterlings are driven to victory or whether uh, Kylie falls at the hurdle of the uh, the not though not that competitive Easterling force. With all that thank you very much for listening I will return at some point hopefully with some news about some other big tournaments and it won't be much longer before we're getting into actual games and I'll be talking to actual human beings and throwing down actual dice I cannot wait. In the meantime boo rum <laughs>